Thank you, worship team. Good morning. Would you please take your Bibles, turn to the book of Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. If you're looking in one of the pew Bibles in front of you, that should be on page number 1164. Our scripture references Philippians 4, verses 14 through 23. And uh, we'll be concluding, Lord willing, on this day, this, the Apostle Paul's letter of joy. I've entitled the sermon, if you're looking at your bulletin, Joy and Generosity, because this text that we're about to study this morning is all about gratitude. The author of Philippians, the Apostle Paul, is overwhelmed with thanksgiving by the generosity of the Philippian church. Pastor Dan, who was here last week, he, he mentioned that uh, the Philippian church had sent Epaphroditus to Paul while he was in prison in Rome for sharing the gospel and that they had sent with him uh, many gifts and supplies to meet his needs. And we know from the very start that one of the reasons that Paul wrote this letter to the Philippians was just to say thank you. And that's how Paul concludes his letter, by telling them thank you. Because the church of Philippi, they had a reputation for being generous. And let me tell you, if there is anyone who appreciates a generous church, it's a missionary. I want to tell you a story. Uh, many years ago, if you remember when I first came here, 10 years ago, I used to live in, uh, in an old farmhouse that the church owned that was right right behind our church, right out in the back parking lot. And, and we called it the youth house because I lived there and because we held youth meetings there. And uh, it was an old house. It's, it's not there anymore. It eventually got torn down. And that's where I lived for three years before Michelle and I got married. And I remember after I got married to Michelle and I moved out of the youth house, uh, I, got a, I got an email or an update that we were going to have a new Awana missionary. And uh, this guy was a, was a person I'd never heard of before, this guy from Florida. His name was Tim Thomas. Never heard or seen him before in my life. And in the update that I read, I remember it said, please pray for the Thomas family as they are seeking a temporary residence as they seek to raise support in Wisconsin. And I remember I read that and I thought, huh, I wonder if they'd be, they'd be interested in the youth house. So, so I called Tim on the phone. And I called him up, and I'd, I'd never talked to him before in my life. And I said, you know, I introduced myself and said, you know, I, I, I read uh, you guys were looking for a place to stay. And, well, I used to live in this old parsonage uh, right behind our church, but I just got married and I moved out, so it's empty. So, you know, if you're interested, maybe I could send you an email of some pictures or a description or, or something. And I remember over the phone, Tim just got really quiet for a second. And then his next words were, we'll take it. <laughs> and I remember I said to him, I was like, you really might want to wait to see some of the pictures of this place before you just say that. I mean, I know we never met before. And, 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 and the next time he just said, no, no, we will take it. And, and to make a long story short, I remember Tim and his, his wife and, and Kyle at the time, they moved up to Wisconsin. They lived in the house for 18 months. Uh, they raised their support. Now they're full-time Awana missionaries in southern Wisconsin. And and I remember thinking back on that, and I thought, man, that was, that was really neat. But my point is, when Tim came to our church to preach this summer, I remember one of the very first things he said in his introduction was, 
we will never forget what Memorial Baptist Church did for us when we first came to Wisconsin. And they said, you know, we trusted the Lord that he would provide for us. And that house was an answer to our prayers. That house was a confirmation of our calling. And it set us on the road to becoming full-time missionaries here in Wisconsin. And they said that just that phrase, we will never forget what Memorial Baptist Church did for us. I mean, that just kind of stuck with me. And I remember when we said that the first time, I thought, well, it wasn't that great of a house. But uh, what I'm getting at is generous churches will always have a special place in a missionary's heart. And while sometimes the gift we give might not seem like a lot, like a lot to us, uh, to missionaries, those gifts, especially those gifts at the beginning, in the early days, in the just getting started phase of ministry, those gifts mean absolutely everything to them. And trust me, I know this. Missionaries, they go to a lot of churches and they know which ones are the generous ones. Again, generous churches will always have a special place in the heart of a missionary. And that's what Philippians chapter 4, verse 12 through 23 is all about. It's about how the generous church blesses the heart of the missionary, of Apostle Paul. And it's about how the Lord God meets all of our needs and how those gifts, that generosity, is a sweet smell. It is a fragrance to God. So would you please stand with me as I read Philippians chapter 4, verses 14 through 23, and then remain standing for a word of prayer afterwards. Paul says in verse 14, Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days, of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I'm looking for a gift, but I am looking for what may be credited to your account. I have received full payment, and even more, I am amply supported supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God, and my God will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet all the saints in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send greetings all the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for this church, for the privilege that it is to gather under your name, under the headship of your one and only Son. Lord, I pray this morning that you would well up within us hearts of generosity to share that good news that you have entrusted us with and the many blessings that you have given to us. Lord, I pray this morning you'd help me to preach the word, to do it courageously and fearlessly and accurately. Lord, I pray that I would, that, that I would move to the backdrop. Lord, that you would become greater, that I would become less. Because, Lord, it is our desire this morning to become more like your one and only Son, Jesus Christ. It is in his name that we pray and that we give you praise. Amen. Please be seated. All right. This morning... As we uh, get into the text this morning in our study of joy and generosity, what I'd like to do is 
kind of start with this question of what does it mean for us to minister in generosity? You know, so often when churches talk about generosity, they go straight to the money part. And that's, that's not what I'm going to at all. What I want to know is, what can I learn from the Philippian church that will help me at Memorial Baptist Church minister with generosity? So let's learn together from the Philippians how we can minister generously. And if you're following in the notes and you like to fill in blanks, we have this on the screen and in your notes The very first one from verse 14, we learn from Paul that generosity is a ministry of compassion that fellowships with the afflicted. That's in your notes right there. Generosity is a ministry of compassion that fellowships with the afflicted. Paul says, yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. And remember, we know what Paul's troubles were, right? He was in Rome, he was in prison for sharing Christ. And Paul says he was blessed because you shared in my troubles. The NASB says you share with me in my affliction. That original word in the text, in the original Greek, the word share, is the word sugkoinonio. And some of you who have gone to Bible school might recognize that, that base word, koinonia. It means fellowship. So koinonio means with fellowship sharing with fellowship and and that word troubles in the original language it actually has this picture of to to crush or to press or to squeeze the picture is actually of how the hebrews would extract oil by squeezing olives under the weight of an olive press and this is what paul is literally saying is it was literally it was good of you to fellowship with my pressing he's saying you are my companion in my burden you are a friend in the weight that i bear and that's probably a a reference to epaphroditus who was there he was an aide to paul he attended to his needs paul called him more than a soldier more than more than a, a worker but he said he's he's my brother so for us today as we minister generously we should be asking ourselves, who do I know who's being pressed? Who do I know who seems to have the weight of the world on their shoulders right now? Who is struggling to bear the strain? Who needs a friend? And let me tell you that the ministry of visitation is a wonderful ministry that just about any Christian can do. I remember Pastor Craig told me once, he said, you know, when people are struggling and their lives are falling apart, when it all comes down to it, folks, they're not going to remember every single word of your sermons or all the gifts or all the things that you've done. But when they're struggling and when they're straining, the one thing they will remember is that you were there and that you were there for them. Because generosity is a ministry of compassion that fellowships with the afflicted. Second, we learn from verse 15 That generosity is a ministry of benevolence that remembers when others forget. Paul says, Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the ministry of giving and receiving, except you only. You know, one of the things I've always loved about the Apostle Paul was that he never asked for money. In fact, 
Paul said himself that it was most rewarding for him to preach the gospel free of charge, as he said. He never, he never asked for money. And uh, as we learned last week, Paul was content in Christ whenever he was uh, in plenty or in want. What Paul cared about was, was advancing the gospel. He was about the gospel. He wasn't about money. And I think that's what made the Philippians' gifts here all that much more special to him. You see, Paul never asked for anything in return. And, and normally, from other churches, that's what, what Paul got. But the Philippians, the Philippians were the one church who remembered. They didn't need to be asked. They didn't need to be prodded or prompted. The Philippians gave just because they knew it was the right thing to do. That's special, I think. You know, the, today we, we live in a modern age where there's lots of charities out there, wonderful charities and things to be generous with and to give to. And, and it seems like today, as, as soon as you give money to something, you're, you're on the email list or the call list or the, the mail list. And, and, and that's fine, I suppose. But I, I think there's something special about giving when you're not asked, without being asked or prompted. I think there's something special about giving to those who don't ask but yet are in need. And I would just encourage you to try that, to try giving thoughtfully just because it's the right thing to do, trying to remember where others forget because I know those gifts are especially special. This fall... One of, the, one of the best gifts uh, that I got this whole year, actually, was a card from one of our seniors. And I get a lot of wonderful cards from folks and from our seniors. And in this card, I was going through my church mailbox and I opened it up, and uh, it was a card that just it basically said, um, I realize that you have been at Memorial Baptist Church for 10 years now, and I wanted to congratulate you on your 10-year anniversary at Memorial Baptist Church. Uh, we're so glad to have you as a pastor. And... And I, I think in the envelope there was, there was like maybe $10, you know, $10 for 10 years. And, um, and I, when I got that, I just thought, oh, that is so nice. That is so, just that someone remembered that. Because there was a time where I thought you guys might have forgot. Uh, and, and, oh, I had no idea what you had planned for me uh, at the pie auction. And I thought that was, that was so generous. And by the way, um, you guys are sneaky at the pie auction. Thank you, thank you so much for that recognition uh, for our 10-year anniversary, uh, for giving us the picture book. Our kids love the picture book. I actually put the picture book back by the Welcome Center. If you want to take a look at it, there are some very interesting photos of you all uh, that, that you might enjoy. So thank you for that. That was so nice. That was so generous. But it's, it's wonderful. Those gifts of giving, uh, when someone remembers, when others forget, that's that's special. And that was special to Paul because generosity is a ministry of benevolence that remembers where others forget. Third, we learn from verse 16 and 17 that generosity is a ministry of faithfulness that profits both the donor and the beneficiary. Paul says, For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I'm looking for a gift, but I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. You see, the Philippians, not only were the Philippians generous in their thoughtfulness, they were generous in their faithfulness. 
They gave over and over again to the ministry and to the needs of the Apostle Paul. And and the Philippians, they were generous and they were continuous in their giving. And so they received high praise from the Apostle Paul from that. And and what I love about these two verses is, uh, I believe it's the beginning of of verse 17. Uh, he He reassures the Philippians that his praise for them is not some kind of ploy to get gifts. He says, do you see this? He says, not that I'm looking for a gift. Like, do, you, do, you get, do you get what he's saying here? He's saying, okay, my high praise for you, that's not motivated by some kind of ulterior motive that you would give me more. Like, please don't misinterpret my praise as some kind of uh, backdoor request or, or, or me you know, prodding you to give you more because um, you know, that, that, that could be a misunderstanding that could happen. And um, I'll, I'll share something with you, and I'm, I'm embarrassed to share this, but uh, at the pie auction contest, and, and that was an awesome event. We raised tons of money for the Guatemala Well Project. I mean, these pies were going for like 80 and $100. I mean, it was amazing. More than I can afford. So uh, after, and I, and I just so happened to be one of the distinguished pie judges uh, for some reason, and I... I, oh, I'm embarrassed to admit this. After the pie baking event, I went up to one of the contestants and I, and I said, you know, that, that pie you made, that was, that was really good. I mean, that was, I mean, I liked all the pies, but, but that pie you made, that was really, really good. I really liked the pie that you made. And then the next morning on Sunday, uh, I, I was really laying it on. I, uh, I went up to some of their family members and I was like, is that some kind of like secret recipe in your family? I mean, because that pie was really good. I, I really liked that pie a lot. And then Monday rolled around, and, and uh, I just so happened to, to call this contestant, something totally unrelated. And, but I didn't, forget, I didn't forget to say, I didn't forget to say, that pie was real. I mean, we got to have you over to our house sometime. Uh, that was a really excellent pie. And then, lo and behold, Tuesday rolls around, and this individual comes to church, and what do you think they have? They have a pie. And then it kind of dawned on me, like, oh, Nick, you dummy. Like, they probably, they probably interpreted all that praise as you asking them for a pie. And I felt horrible about that, but then I went home and ate pie, and I felt better. So, <laughs> What Paul's saying is, that's, that's not what I'm doing here. I'm not giving you all this praise because I want you to just give me more stuff. He says, that's not my intention at all. What I'm saying is, your generosity is a credit to your kindness for me. And surely, your, your generous ministry to me and to others, I mean, that's, you are, it's, it's not just a gift to me. You are storing up treasures in heaven because of, of what you have, have given to me. You yourselves will be blessed just as those who received your gifts are blessed because generosity is a ministry of faithfulness that profits the donor, and the beneficiary. Fourth, uh, generosity is a ministry of devotion. This is verse 18. It is a ministry of devotion that is both sufficient for man and suitable to God. Paul says, I've received full payment even more. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And he starts by saying, I've received full payment. I mean, he, he's actually using kind of 
uh, business terminology. In the verse before, he's talking about credits and accounts, and he's using uh, accounting, even commercial vernacular here. And what Paul's saying, in a sense, is he's saying, in respects to me, you, you are paid in full. In fact, he's saying, he's saying you, you, don't, you don't owe me anything. Anything I've done for you, you, you've paid it back, and then some. He's saying what you have done is more than sufficient, more than generous. And I think there's a lesson there for us in that when we're generous, that has a way of settling accounts, so to speak. And and I'm not saying we need to pay back every person who has ever been generous with us. What I'm saying is when someone has been generous to us and then we are generous with others, um, I think... I think that there's a blessing there for us. And I think that there is a blessing there, obviously, for, for others. We know from the Scriptures that for those of us who have received Christ's gift, for those of us who have received blessing and blessing and blessing, that the Lord expects a lot from those who have received a lot. In fact, Jesus said, this is Luke twelve forty eight. From everyone to whom much has been given, much will be required. And I just want you to think about, consider all that you have been given in this life. I mean, should you not seek to almost repay your fellow man with all the blessings that you yourself has received? Think about all the grace you've been given, all the advantages, all the privileges And think about how you can be generous with that. Is this not what Christ commands us? He says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. As you have been loved, you must love. And when we have graciously received, so should we also graciously give. And Paul says to the Philippians, in respects to me, you're, you, guys are, you guys are paid up. Um, in fact, the generous gifts that you have given to me, those are really gifts to the Lord, he says. Those are, are suitable expressions of worship to God. They are, he, he calls it, he says, they are a, a fragrance. And, and that word fragrance, this is interesting, is actually in the Greek, it's iodia. And if you remember that from the beginning of chapter 4, Yodia and Syntyche, these two women who are in conflict, he says, when you are generous, that's Yodia. That's acceptable. That's pleasing. I, I kind of wonder if there might be a, a little backdoor teaching moment there for someone when he, when he uses that word because generosity is a ministry of devotion that is both sufficient for man and it is suitable to God. Fifth, Verse 19, we learn generosity is a ministry of sacrifice that trusts in the Lord's provision. Paul says, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Paul saying, as you give, be assured that the Lord will provide for you. The Lord will see Certainly that you not go destitute in your generosity. For the scriptures say a generous man will himself be blessed. And I want you to understand this morning, the Philippians were not rich people. They were not wealthy, but they were generous. In fact, Paul mentions the Philippians in the book of 
2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. He says, And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Philippi was in Macedonia. He says, Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy, who does that sound like, and extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. He says, For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. That's amazing. Entirely on their own, in poverty yet overflowing with joy, they richly gave, and they gave even beyond their ability. They may not have been wealthy, but they were well cared for. And this is how we're to give. This is how we're to be generous. We should give not reluctantly or under compulsion, for the Scriptures say that God loves a cheerful giver. Again, let me tell you, some of the most generous people that I know, they are not wealthy people, but they are well cared for. Don't forget what Jesus said about the widow's offering. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. And I want to ask you a question this morning. And, and this is kind of one of those radical faith questions. And I want you to think about this. And that is, let's say in your generosity, you were to give, and I'm not just talking about money, but let's say in your generosity, you were to give not what you could afford, but you gave what you knew in your heart was right. Do you really believe that God is A, willing, and B, sufficient to meet your needs? And maybe the better question is, would God, just meeting your needs, would that be enough for you? Or would you want more? Because the Scriptures tell us God will give us and provide for us our daily bread. In Proverbs 10, verse 3, it says, The Lord does not let the righteous go hungry. Psalm 37, 25 says, I was young, and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. And like I said, that's, this is one of those crazy love, radical faith questions of, let's just say you were to give, not what was affordable, but in your heart what you knew is right. And I'm not just talking about money. Could you really trust God to provide for your needs? And would God just providing for your needs, would that be enough for you? And I, and I ask that question because that's where the Philippians are at. That's how the Philippians were giving. Because generosity is a ministry of sacrifice that trusts in the Lord's provision. Finally, sixth, from verses 20 and 23, we learn that generosity is a ministry of exaltation that welcomes grace and is fruitful. Paul starts with this exclamation of praise, this, dexo- this doxology, this uh, outpouring of praise and worship to God. He says, to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. And, and that's what the joy of Christ, the joy of the Lord and a generous heart does for us, right? It it, it draws us into deeper relationship and communion with God, with closeness to God. Paul, as he wraps up and as I wrap up this morning, he sends his personal greetings 
to all the saints, all the Christians, the believers in Philippi, the Christian brothers, the saints who are with Paul in Rome. They send their greetings, he says. But there's one last thing that I think is, is so neat as, as Paul concludes this letter. There's one detail. I, I, I think it's almost, it's almost poetic because he's talking about the saints who are with him send greetings and he says, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. That is very interesting. Especially those who belong to Caesar's household send you greetings. This kind of ties the end back to the beginning. If you remember in Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, Paul's talking about his chains, he's talking about his sufferings, and he says, because of my chains for Christ, it has been clear to the whole palace guard, the praetorian guard, the guards who are the bodyguards of the Caesar. It has become clear to the whole palace guard that I am in chains for Christ. And he says, and what has happened has really served to advance the gospel. Paul's advancing the gospel right under Caesar's nose. Paul is seeing fruit under Caesar's roof. The same bodyguards who are guarding the Caesar are coming to faith in Christ. And as it turns out now, some of Caesar's guys are really Jesus' guys. And I love this because at the end of the letter, it's like, it's like Paul is telling the Philippians, oh yeah, so you want to know how, how ministry is going in prison. Let's just say all your new Christian brothers and sisters under Caesar's roof they say hi. What, what's that? No, I'm sorry. They especially say hi. And then he says, grace be with all you guys. And, and that's how it ends. And, and I'm sorry, I just think that's amazing. I mean, Paul is just harvesting these guys in prison and the Philippians through their generosity by extension were a part of that harvest. Because generosity is a ministry of exaltation that welcomes grace and it's fruitful. Let's pray. Lord God, you have given us so much. Just, the, just your son is enough. Thank you, Lord, for sending him, that we can celebrate him, especially at Christmas. I pray that you would turn our hearts to you, and Lord, I pray that having been given so much, Lord, that we would give back in every way, shape, and form, that we would be charitable, that we would be generous. And Lord, as we do that, that you would fill our hearts with the joy of Christ. And Lord, we are so privileged and we are so blessed to be called your children. Lord, we pray all of these things again in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.